American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. Liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless Some way out of this mess We must take America back Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the National Intel Report. I am your host, John Statman, with you on this Where the hell are we? Thursday, 13th of April, 2017. You ever felt like more of a stranger in your own country than today? It's kind of how I feel. I was just talking to the secretary before the program, and I said, you know, I have absolutely no idea I'm going to open up this program today. Well, I guess I have an idea now because I just did. What in the hell? I, uh... (laughs) <laughs> there's not too many times where I'm just left speechless behind a, behind a hot mic. But these are one of the days. These are one of the days. The, um... The problem that we're seeing here is, I think, what Donald Trump has surrounded himself with. I know that's not a surprising statement. But I've been looking into this 36-year-old Gerald Gerald Kushner, looking at as many Jews that are surrounding Trump, hearing statements from Trump himself that I've handed, uh, you know, military operations over to the military. Well, um, in a dictatorship, is, isn't that what's done? Supposedly, in the time of war, the president is the commander-in-chief. The reason he's commander-in-chief is because you are in a state of war, legally, constitutionally declared war. Otherwise, you're a civilian in the executive branch acting as president of the United States. Which is he? What is he? And what the hell is he going to do next? Yesterday, he flip-flopped. Well, he flipped his flop on six different issues. I'll get around to that um, in a little bit. But 
we discover that uh, 34 miles is going to go in the Rio Grande Valley for the wall. Okay. The wall is going to be so tall, so big, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. You know the last guy that would repeat himself like that, I think, was Howard Hughes. I don't know if Mr. Uh, Trump is afflicted with the same thing that Howard Hughes was, but <laughs> it was. I, I did notice during his campaigns and his speeches, I wouldn't say he was talking down to us, but it was as if, as if we were fifth graders. Oh, it's going to be great. You won't believe it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I I don't see the campaign promises being kept. And the question is, could he have kept them on the economy? But I think this is less about making America great again. I think it's more about making Israel great again. (laughs) I... uh, don't know any other way to look at this. Well, we're going to get into all of this stuff. I, I don't want to start out here with Trump because that's going to set the tone and I'm just going to be one pissed off little puppy for the next two hours. So let's go into something eh, a little bit more, how should I say, less dynamic. Uh, but let's let's make people unhappy here by going to our Russian adversaries and their state-run television, RT. <laughs> and, folks, remember remember the day before September 11th? Donald Rumsfeld saying there's $2.3 trillion we can't account for. The very next day, all that paperwork, I guess, kind of got blown up by the commercial jet that didn't hit the Pentagon. But, you know, hey, who's who's splitting hairs here? You know, it was just lost. Well, it's not $2.3 trillion. Uh, try uh, $8.5 trillion. Now, let me see. We got a 19, which is it, 19, 20 trillion dollar deficit, which is really not the real number. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that somehow I lost the capacity to think, and I believe what the government tells me, that uh, our, our deficit's $20 trillion. Okay, all right. Just like unemployment's 4.5% now. Okay, double plus good. From 2001 to 2017, we went from $2.3 trillion to $8.5 trillion. Now, by law, Pentagon's got to be audited every year. It's it's not been audited in a Coons age. Which immediately brought to mind, you know, there's a bill pending in the House uh, for auditing the Fed. Gee, what do you think the chances are that that's going to pass and they're actually going to audit the Federal Reserve? Just give me a number. Ten being... Yeah, they're going to do it. One being, (laughs) yeah, you got it. I would probably put this at a negative one. So all of this money comes missing for the Pentagon. So what have they been doing with all this money? Now, irrespective of uh, 
the clandestine ways that the CIA has of yeah, bringing money into their off-book uh, accounts into the CIA by way of drug dealing and God knows what else. You know, we dropped the mother of all bombs here on eastern uh, Afghanistan, but you can bet your bottom dollar that that wasn't going to come anywhere near their opium patches over there, which is the real economy, I guess, of Afghanistan. And the CIA doesn't want to see that go away because, well, you know, they got a wheel and deal, and not always in dollars, and not everybody takes Bitcoin. All right, here's the presentation from RT. Pentagon has secured a $630 billion budget for next year, even though it's failed to even account for the money it's received since 1996. A whooping $6.5 trillion of taxpayer cash have gone to defense programs, none of which has been audited. And this a black budget has sparked concerns over political fraud, as Gay Nedjicic can now report. The Pentagon is almost certainly the biggest source of waste in the U.S. government. A Reuters investigation says since 1996, the Pentagon has spent $8.5 trillion in taxpayer money that has never been accounted for. Nobody can say for sure how many billions of that amount were wasted on goods and services that were never delivered, on overpayments to contractors and many other things. What does Congress do about it? Nothing. And national security expert Steve Miles is here with me to help us crunch the, these numbers. Eight and a half trillion dollars unaccounted for? It's a lot of money. Um, this is the kind of thing that you would think would bring Capitol Hill to a screeching halt. There'd be hearings kind of almost daily. You'd have various committees looking into it. None of that. It just leads to massive waste, and there can be all sorts of fraud that you don't know about. Just one example, um, when the inspector general looked at Iraq, which was you know a lot of money, but in the grand scheme, just a portion of the money the U.S. spends. What they found was about $50 billion of the money the U.S. spent there was wasted. And about $6 billion was completely lost. They had no idea where it went. They, it was completely unaccounted for. But to put that in perspective, that's about the amount of money that other countries would spend on their defense in a year total. And that's just the loose pocket change that we lost in the couch. One thing I found very interesting in mm-hmm. this report is that the Pentagon apparently uses a standard operating procedure to enter false numbers. Mm-hmm. or so-called plugs to cover lost or missing information in their accounting in order to submit a balanced budget to the Treasury so they can write in everything. It, it, I mean, that's probably the most shocking part of this is that they get to the end of the day and they say, oh, there's, there's money missing. What do we do? Well, we'll just put a number in there that says it's there and we'll sort it out later. I mean, again, this is, this is the type of operating practice that if you did it in your own business, if you tried to do it with your own taxes for the government, they'd haul you off to jail. What contributes to the mass waste is the fact that for two decades the Pentagon has dodged an audit which means nobody checked if the numbers in their accounting made any sense. Congress has just passed a budget that allocates around 630 billion dollars to the Pentagon roughly the same amount as last year how much of that will be wasted taxpayers will never know in Washington, I'm Ganesh Chagan, RT Washington needs to wake up and start cracking down on unaccountable overspending at the Pentagon. That's the view of retired U.S. Army Colonel Douglas McGregor. I have actually been in this position when I was the director of joint operations at SHAPE headquarters. For reasons that I didn't understand, uh, my pay was suddenly reduced, and it took a year to ultimately straighten it out. And then subsequently I was paid 
money that I had actually earned, but for reasons that no one could explain had not been paid to me. My point is that you're dealing with millions of people and a lot of instability, a lot of movement, and it's a difficult system to, to work uh, effectively. This is an enormous problem. And this is something that absolutely must be addressed and addressed in a forthright manner. At the moment, no one on Capitol Hill seems terribly concerned. And the U.S. intelligence expert Gordon Dubb says lawmakers have become increasingly corrupted by their ties to the military industry. We have so many uh, defense entities that have gained so much power in Washington over the past uh, 10 years, certainly the I consider it the phony war on terror has been an opportunity for the defense industry to buy Congress. The Pentagon works much like the Federal Reserve. Uh, we have overt and covert policies. We have so many black budget, budget projects, uh, including nuclear weapons development projects that went dark as early as 1991. We have heard of none of the advances we know that were uh, achieved during the strategic defense initiative uh, in the 80s and 90s. Those have all gone dark, but they're continuing to eat funds. And we're watching much of the military budget uh, used for sustaining a top-heavy military, an Air Force where every third person is a general. <laughs> every, every third person's a general. Now, in, in case we all forgot here, uh, this is uh, 16 years ago. This was September 10th, 2001. Donald Rumsfeld Anytime now. Pentagon, the day before 911, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld declared war. Not on foreign terrorists. The adversary is closer to home. It's the Pentagon bureaucracy. He said money wasted by the military poses a serious threat. In fact, it could be said that it's a matter of life and death. Rumsfeld promised change. But the next day, the world changed. And in the rush to fund the war on terrorism, the war on waste seems to have been forgotten. My 03 budget calls for more than... $48 billion in new defense spending. More money for the Pentagon when its own auditors admit the military cannot account for 25% of what it already spends. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. $2.3 trillion, with a T. That's $8,000 for every man, woman, and child in America. To understand how the Pentagon can lose track of trillions, consider the case of one military accountant who tried to find out what happened to a mere 300 million. We know it's gone, but we don't know what they spent it on. Jim Minnery, a former Marine turned whistleblower, is risking his job by speaking out for the first time about the millions he noticed were missing from one defense agency's balance sheets. Minnery tried to follow the money trail, even crisscrossing the country looking for records. The director looked at me and he says, why do you care about this stuff? <laughs> it took me aback, you know. My supervisor asked me why I care about doing a good job. So. He was reassigned and says officials then covered up the problem by just writing it off. they got to cover it up. That's where the corruption comes in. They've got to cover up the fact that they can't do the job. The Pentagon's inspector general 
partially substantiated several of Minnery's allegations, but could not prove officials tried to manipulate the financial statements. Twenty years ago, Pentagon employee Franklin C. Spinney made headlines exposing what he calls the accounting games. He's still there, and although he does not speak for the Pentagon, he believes the problem has gotten worse. Those numbers are pie in the sky. The books are cooked routinely year after year after year. Retired Vice Admiral Jack Shanahan commanded the Navy's second fleet the first time Donald Rumsfeld served as defense secretary. With good financial oversight, we could find $48 billion in loose change in that building without having to hit the taxpayers. In the two and a half minutes since this report began, the Pentagon has spent nearly $2 million, and it may never know where 25% of those tax dollars... Yeah, it may never know because people are not going to ask the question, and if they do, it, you will receive no answer. Now, that was 2001, folks. $2.3 trillion they couldn't account for. Now they can't account for eight and a half trillion. Um, I, I'd say we have a little problem here. Now, with the efficiency in which the government spends money, and all you have to do is to spend any time in the military and to see how they operate. Every place, every minute of every waking day, of every eye blink, you can look all around you and see just absolute waste. That's what happens when you have standing armies. You know, you got to house them and you got to feed them and then you got to supply them and then, you know, it just, and well, the budgets, you know, if, if, if you miss on your budget, you don't spend as much money as you proclaim that you needed, well, your budget might get cut. Folks, the federal government, not just the military-industrial complex feeding the beast that is threatening world safety right now. The government is spending $2.4 billion every day. Every single day. $2.4 billion every day. So... What does that leave money for? That doesn't leave money for anything. And what this leads to is the government having to borrow against any future income that it might have. That's the simplest way to put this. Now... You know, we we listen to the campaign promises of Donald Trump. No more nation-building in the Middle East. And we're getting mis- mixed messages from the White House now that uh, we're going to put boots on the ground in Syria. No, we're not going to put boots on the ground. Yes, we're going to go in. No, we're not going to go in. And in the face of the spinmeisters, people are digging up the dirt and throwing it right back at them and saying, look, you're, you guys, are, you can't you lie any better than this? We know what you've done is absolute quackery. You can't come up with a better scam than this. Assad didn't gas his own damn people. It looks like an operation between the Mossad and Israel and Saudi Arabia. In fact, it might have been 
an Israeli plane that actually did some damage there. We don't yet know, but it wasn't Assad. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. Well... <laughs> Believe it or not, I posted a story from Washington Post because it was dead on accurate. And I will give attribution uh, to those who are telling the truth, only most of the time that they're involved in lies. Hey, even a busted clock is right twice a day. President Trump is abandoning a, key, a number of key uh, campaign promises on economic policy, adopting instead 
many of the centrist positions he railed against while campaigning as a populist. Trump, uh, Trump will not label China a currency manipulator, he told the Wall Street Journal on Wednesday, yesterday, despite a campaign pledge that he would apply the label on his first day in the office. He also said he was going to open, he was open to reappointing Federal Reserve Board Chair Janet Yellen after saying last year that the central banker should be ashamed of what she is doing to the country. By the way, her term is up in February, and uh, the ear to the ground says that, well, he's going to put Yellen back in there. And he embraced the Export-Import Bank, a government agency he mocked last year that has long been despised by conservatives who labeled it crony capitalism. The statements represent a move toward the economic policies of a more centrist Republicans, and even at, the, even at times aligned with the approach of former President Barack Obama. <laughs> and I hate even thinking this, let alone saying it. Uh, oh, God, forgive me. I, is there a difference between Barack Obama and, and, and Donald Trump? I'm just throwing it out there. The statements represent a move towards the economic policies, as I said, as more centrist Republicans. Should he follow through on the newly articulated positions, it would suggest that the candidate who ran as the ultimate outsider is increasingly adopting a more moderate economic agenda. Now, the reversals come amid a period of rapid evolution, they're calling it, for the Trump on both foreign and domestic issues. During his presidential campaign, Trump talked tough on China, accusing them of undervaluing the yuan. The International Monetary Fund has said that the Chinese currency is no longer undervalued. Does China still deserve to be called a currency manipulator? Well, Trump's commitment to repealing the Affordable Care Act has wavered. Yesterday, he said repealing the Affordable Care Act needed to, to be Congress's main priority after scrapping the effort several weeks ago. On the global stage, Trump's reversals have been even sharper. Last week, he ordered airstrikes against the Syrian military, even though he promised during the campaign to keep the United States out of conflicts in the Middle East. And I will expound on that. He said he was done with nation-building in the Middle East. Period. He's also adopting the Obama administration's call to oust Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad, a position he refused to take during the campaign. The shift on Syria enraged some of the Trump campaign supporters who embraced his isolationist foreign policy. Is that what that is? Isolationist? Where in 200 years of our history, we've been somewhere on this planet blowing the crap out of somebody for whatever real or contrived reason. Okay, I got it. Isolationist. Trump has also sharpened his criticism of Russia, a major break from the praise he lavished on Russian President Vladimir Putin during his campaign. Well, then we saw what happened with that. Now, Trump is now saying he has to do health care reform before the phenomenal tax reform. It's going to be great, folks. It's going to be really good. But he's changed course on the order of those priorities. Also, yesterday, Trump praised the work of NATO, a pact between the United States and some of its closest allies that Trump once called obsolete. 
By the way, uh, dictate number five uh, in that NATO um, rules and regulations, uh, any country that is attacked, it's like attacking everybody. Okay. So that automatically commits us to what? Foreign intervention? Possibly warring? Yes, all of that. Now remember what NATO was set up for, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. That was to protect Europe from the new commies that were gobbling up everything on the European continent. Because we didn't kill the communists. And we allowed them to flourish and grow. Wow, what an accomplishment, United States. Way to go. When you should war and finish a job, you don't. And then you turn around and start fighting wars you can never win. Wow. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Hey there, quick question for you. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Junkay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. 
xtendovite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Alan in West Virginia, you're on the air. Well, hey, John. Hey, uh, I was watching RT2. I don't know if you call it or not, but uh, this, this one guy was on there and he said that. Uh, I guess it would be scientists or investigators or something that uh, they said that they, they investigated the gas or, or you know, whatever remnants they had, I guess, in the soil or whatever, and that uh, it had to be from an improvised uh, bomb, and it was not dropped from an airplane. And then I'll have something else after you. Wait, wait a minute. Back up here a second. Where did that come from? RT. All right. Okay. And then the next one is from RT. And it, it's a ex-military man talking about... And I, I done told Mike Rivera about this. Rivera... And, uh, anyhow, about, uh, it, it was the same guy. Well, no, it wasn't. It was a different guy, actually. And, uh, he was talking about, uh, um, how he guarded a plane, had to guard, he was one of the guards on a, from a, you know, on a plane, but it was loading pallets of $9 billion dollars on there to take to um, it was either Iraq or Afghanistan I, I just I just, I don't remember I kind of caught it right there at the but I got the the assumption it was probably either Afghanistan probably landing in Iraq and went to Afghanistan because I know a, a personal real close friend of mine it was there, and he said he done the same thing. So, you know, and so, but it wasn't going to the people. It was going to the to the uh, the fighters 
to keep the war going to fight us. All right. Anything else there, Alan? So it's some, no, that's it, brother. All righty. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, we're experienced. Right, Thank you. I appreciate you going. Yeah, I appreciate you going. Um, are we going out or aren't we? Is it not your amplifier over there, my friend? Hello. Well, uh, there'd be one way to check that, Mikey. Check our uh, check our listen line on the web page. Yeah, I would do that before I picked up the phone. Wait, Mike, you might not have a return there. Go to our website and see if it's being streamed. You're sure? Well, I, I need to know. Inquiring minds need to know. All right. All right, very good. <laughs> uh, uh, where's an amplifier when you need one, huh? Well, troubleshoot it and see what... Why am I getting a... Why am I getting this? Yeah, I hear that. That's the delay. Okay, that's the stream. Okay, we'll turn that down so it doesn't confuse everybody. Yeah, I was hearing the stream, which is delayed for about 60 seconds. All right. At any rate. So, Trump is shifting. And they're calling it an evolution. I, I you know, I... I, I don't I, I don't understand. I from Trump's perspective, Obama was weak. Obama left him a legacy of a crap economy. No, it was not Obama that did that. It was our banks that did that. What are the <laughs> You know, I mean, the too-big-to-fail crap? I mean, come on. Whether it had been Obama or Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan or George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr., I don't care which one. None of these guys have ever gone against the bankers. So just for the sake of argument, if Donald Trump was in office in 2008... Do you really think that he would have let Wall Street fall on its face? Do you think for one moment that these bailouts that were recommended by the Federal Reserve and the government themselves, they, they had to borrow the money, they had to physically say, yes, yes, we're going to borrow this money, and then put the onus of that on our backs? <laughs> that would have blown him up before he got his first 100 days in. Wayne in West Virginia. Hello, Wayne. Buddy, can you hear me all right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, why well, I'm calling on this thing with Trump, you know, to be honest with you, I was for letting the chips fall where they may when the election came around. I hated Hillary and Trump I didn't trust. So I just didn't even bother to vote because it was sort of like paying your taxes. When you pay your taxes, you're paying for your own destruction. Right. Well, when you vote, you're voting for your own destruction. But uh, nevertheless, what I get tired of is there at first, everybody's making excuses for Trump. Oh, it's not Trump. It's the Democrats. It's this. It's that. Well, you know, John, Trump is 70 years old. And if he don't know what the hell is going on around him, then he shouldn't even be there. Well, and and you bring up a valid point. I mean, somebody half his age, uh, dear son-in-law, Jared, uh, he's 36 years old. What does he know from Shinola outside of the real estate business? Nothing. There you go. So, and the, and the thing of it is, you know, what they do is, give you an example, here's the way it goes down. Well, I'm going to put this executive order out. Yeah, but Mr. President, you know, it'll be a one of those liberal judges out there. He'll he'll fight it. Oh, well, then, then we can blame them. I didn't really want to do it anyway, but now we can blame the liberals for it or blame the Democrats for it. My, my followers will go right along with blaming them. So we do nothing. Well, but also, Wayne, let's not forget the big chunk of voters out there that were Republican that still thought that George Bush Jr., little Georgie Porgy, was a good president. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a pack of them out there. And, uh, and of course, you got to realize that, you know, it's Trump that surrounded himself with all Jews. You know, it's sort of like Jew heaven around there. <laughs> So, you know, who, what are we going to do, blame the Jew or are we going to blame Trump? Well, you know, uh, even even um, a vampire, you have to have said that you have to invite him. You can't come into your castle. I guess that's part of the anti-Dracula, um, I, I guess you would call it uh, uh, castle doctrine. You have to invite a vampire in. So yeah, he, but hell, you don't let them all in. Well, <laughs> when the door's open... Depends on how fast they bum rush it, and exactly. Jared and Jared Kushner is the number one conduit for that happening. Oh, oh, he's well. Here's what happens, uh, John. If you was to run for Congress, here comes the Jews, and they're going to back you. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> they, they, of course, they back you with your own money. You know the money that they got from the federal government. They use it to buy you off. So anyway, they back you, and you get elected. Then here comes Mr. Jew from the ADL or whatever. He comes over and says, uh, John, we, uh, we, uh, uh, was more than glad to help you. We're so glad you won. But, uh, what I'm here for, I got a young, we got a young boy that belongs to the ADL and he's taking, he took political science. And is there any way you could give him a small job on your staff? And you say, oh, well, yeah, they did back me. I better go ahead and give you the job. Well, now that Jew becomes your watchdog. Well, it's the same way with Trump. You know, his son-in-law is his watchdog. And he reports everything he does to his brothers in Israel. You know, and, yeah. and, and Wayne, uh, you know, he, he brought his daughter Ivanka in. 
and she is in a non-paid position. I, I, I don't. I'm still confused as whether that makes her officially part of his cabinet or just there as a trusted, confident family member that maybe has some sleeping quarters there when necessary. But I'll tell you what she did bring in with her, her husband. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, and friends. Yeah, and and friends. Yes. Yeah. Well, the only thing she should be doing there in the White House is serving tea at best. Well, maybe you know? maybe she's the surrogate first lady. I don't know what has happened to his wife. I haven't heard beans out of her. Well, she may very well be so disgusted that she just stepped, you know, was either pushed aside or stepped aside or both. You know what I mean? Hmm. But uh, anyway, things aren't going to get better. I never... You know, I don't trust none of those. I'm 74 years old, and I've been lied to by my government since I got out of the cradle, John. <laughs> and I'm pretty much used to it now. And uh, my main concern is that I've always stood up for, you know, my race and my people. But uh, even they're a sad bunch. You know, if you try to unite them together... You know how they <laughs> they start calling you names. Well, there's there's one sure sure way to uh, promote uh, unity, and that's when they're under everybody's under direct threat. The bullets are flying. Yeah, uh, that's the only time. That is the only time. Yeah, or they don't have that five hours to go buy that six pack. You know, then they'll start listening a little bit. But uh, our country's in sad shape. Is as you well know, and hell, I'm at the age that I'm just, you know, I still support my cause, but, you know, my people are a sad bunch. And and the thing of it is, John, you know, what, what Whitey has to do, he has to stop blaming Mr. Jew for everything. And I'll tell you why. Because he could be in charge if he wanted to be. Now, we have people that say to us, Oh, well, we could all go to the Northwest and have a big white community and all. Well, damn it, we owned 90% of this country when there was 90% white people. And what the hell did we do? We let them take it away from us. So, you know, why think we're going to move to the Northwest and not let them come take it away from us again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. All right. Well, so wait. the thing is that... You know, when it comes to <clears throat> it comes to Whitey, you know, when we look at sports, you know, Whitey's not being promoted. You know, they're not promoting Whitey on, on the, in the sports world. And uh, all right, Wayne, I, I don't, I don't want to go down the entire laundry list of white and black stuff. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. All right, all right. Well, I, I pre- just stand, we need to make a stand somewhere. Well, yeah, it would be a good thing. Yeah, that would be a very good thing. I mean, if, if the if the pending economic collapse of this country is not a unifier enough, I don't know whatever will be. So when the thing blows up and the cities start to burn and the people don't get their EBT cards and people are out there that were saying that you know, hey, we've got uh, we've got a right, we've got a right to you know free stuff from the government. You know, this has been fostered by both parties for so long in this country. It's now an entrenched idea in a lot of people's heads that entitlements is uh, is is sure coming your way as as your birth certificate says you're a citizen of the United States of America. 
It, well, yeah, you got a right to it. Yeah, you got a right. No, no. Uh, under socialism or collectivism, yeah, you might have a right. But again, not even. Yeah. All right. Well, Wayne, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Yeah, I. You know, I. <laughs> now nah, we'll just let that go. I um Hey I I just don't know. I I'm, I'm sitting here folks in a state of kind of suspended animation because I'm still trying to digest what this guy has done in the last 24 hours. Now, I could get up here and speculate or give you my opinion and make an educated guess as to what Donald Trump is doing. You know, we we heard during his campaign that uh, Obama was weak. He was weak on terrorism. So what do we do? We go after Syria. We amp up and see, uh, you, you got to understand, the entire world understands this, that Bashar al-Assad is an evil dictator. That narrative is coming out of our news media along with the other lackey news medias and the people that really control them. We've got to have a unified message, one of condemnation worldwide, to justify whatever the hell we want to do with Syria which is ours not to do with at all. But that isn't stopping any of these guys. It has not stopped this 15-year-plus war. We've been in Afghanistan that long. We have gone to Iraq. We've gone to Libya. We've gone to Yemen. And we have gone after Syria, even though the media will not admit this, nor will they do their due diligence to actually see where the support for the anti-Syrian army came from. It was us. How best to win an argument or win a war? Eh, you become the opposition. All the while decrying the fact that terrorists are out there operating. And for these solid reasons, these evil dictators spread. I, there, was there any guy that was any good in the Middle East for his country? Not one. They were all evil dictators that needed to be moved aside. I want to hear what's on your mind today. And I'm calling on those that can think. 800-313-9443. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plants. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food, seeing that the dollar's cheap. That's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And the gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store. The power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. It's hard to find in the morning papers. It's hard to find in the magazines. It doesn't matter... What show you tune in? It's hard to find on TV screen, but it's on talk radio. Truth is All right, we are back. Uh, John in Chicago, go ahead. Hello, John. How you doing? Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, I, my my concern is that um, if World War Three breaks out, America's Germany. We're the country that's going to be targeted for the genocide. Because I called Rivero the other day, and I said, who wants Assad out of power? Israel. Okay, so if Russia is in there propping Assad up, is Israel mad at Russia? I think Israel's telling us that we're getting baited into a war with Russia because Israel, I think they've drained us of wealth, and they've gotten all they can out of our military. And, uh, you know... Mike even said, I mean, who benefits if the U.S. and Russia go to war? Israel does. 
Well, and you've heard me say on this program, who's sitting in the back of the theater in the last row seats watching the theater play out and laughing their butts off? Exactly. I mean, I've been putting these images on Twitter of Putin being friendly with Netanyahu. I mean, Netanyahu would have to be steaming pissed that Russia's propping up Assad. How could those two even get along if that's what's going on? If if Putin is supposedly the hindrance to the Greater Israel Project or the pipeline or whatever it is, then as Israel's B-word, as Rick Adams likes to call us, he would tell us to go get rid of Assad and and get Putin out of there, too. I mean, we were building up troops in Latvia... And we, and we put in Poroshenko, why? So we could put NATO troops on Russia's border. This buildup for war with Russia has been going on since before the election. And now it's about to go hot. And I, I really, I, I think, like you said, the economic collapse, whatever the excuse is, I think the bankers or Israel or Rothschild or whoever, they're done with America. They've gotten all we, they can get out of us. And now people like you and your radio station and guys like me, we're just too lippy. We just keep shooting off our mouth. Now we've identified the Jew or Israel or whatever it is. We're going to keep talking about the liberty. We're not going to shut up about it. And I think Israel's like, all right, we're done with those guys. Let's bait them into a war and they'll get their ass kicked and then America won't be a problem anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, John, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to digest this and I, 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 I do not know what their next move is going to be. I mean, we're, we're, we're hearing right now and, and and I want you to think about this, folks. I want you to seriously think about this. Vietnam, the war that we couldn't win. Well, we could have won it if our object was to go liberate Vietnam and go into North Vietnam and destroy those, uh, those guys that uh, wanted their regime and they wanted to overthrow the government there in Vietnam. Uh, and who was being supplied by whom? Uh, Russia? China? maybe to a greater or lesser extent, still not been really made clear. But that was a war against communism that we could have won. But who was in there as the referee for that? It was the United Nations. Let's do fast forward, or backwards rather, to the early 50s and uh, the Koreans. And again, we had a UN operation, a demilitarized zone set up. We couldn't rid Korea of the communists. We weren't allowed to. You know, (laughs) these actions have uh, a limited hangout, but do they really? Seems like we're still paying for it. John, anything else? Well, 16 years and three presidents. Hold on. The reason I I ask you is I'm hard up against a break. Uh, Is there something else you need to relay? Because I'll hold you over. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Second hour of the National Intel Report coming up. This is Elizabeth McCabe, a.k.a. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 